look at the people who opened your welcome series, look at the people who didn't, and start to build out like hot customers, cold customers, lukewarm customers. Mm. And then from there, you can start to decide and look at the profiles of those people. What are they looking at? What are they interested in? How can I shape the next time I send an email to what these people are interested in? Three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Go Rogue Podcast, where we believe in doing marketing differently. We do that through providing value before you go in and ask for a sale, right? You're just giving value, making sure that your audience is taken care of, that they feel served well. And, uh, you know, we have some amazing guests that usually come on with us, and I could think of no one better than our second time or third time guest, Blake Purrier. What's up, Yeah, man? super excited to be here and yeah. talk about email today. Really excited. Absolutely. And always, to my right... Miss Lauren Lewis. Hey. So uh, we're actually in the engine e-commerce space. So they have an awesome podcast room that they have set up here. And uh, yeah, Blake, give us just a high overview of engine and what you guys do here. Real yeah. Quick. So engine is an e-com platform for mid to large size online brands. And we partner with digital agencies and people building stuff on the web to create unique, uh, beautiful online shopping experiences. That's awesome. Awesome. And hold up. You have a new podcast, right? We do. Yes. We have a new podcast and it comes every week. We talk with people in the digital agency space that are kind of in the trenches doing the real work. And we talk about best practices, tools that are being used, all that really fun stuff. Absolutely. We're actually going to be diving into some email Mm -hmm. marketing and what you guys need to do and what you need to know around email marketing. But before we do that, like I was saying, we like to kick things off with a, a little bit of fun. So Lauren... What do we have today? So we always ask, what are you obsessed with this week? So let's kick us off. Blake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This week, I'll say I'm obsessed with Disney Plus, which is Disney's new streaming service coming in less than a month. Uh, They've announced a whole bunch of unique content. They've started listing out what's going to be on there. And it's just starting out getting me way more pumped up about what's coming here in November. I'm ready to see like a fight between Netflix and Disney Plus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are like ready to go. They're already pulling back content on Netflix. Like they said, they're not going to advertise anymore, mm-hmm. promote any of their shows. So wow. it's getting ruthless. It it really is. <laughs> I think it's going to start happening with um, NBC too because mm-hmm. they're now pulling the office from mm-hmm. Netflix yeah. in 2021. Yep. It's like January 2021. I think, so. I think you're right. Still another year away. So make sure you get your office binge in. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. To see, especially with Disney. Well, what the, do. the problem we're having now is you got to have Hulu, you got to have Netflix, mm-hmm. now Disney Plus. It's almost like we're back to square one with cable yep. yeah. where you subscribe exactly. to all this different stuff. Somebody's going to come along and wrap them all up I in was a bundle. About that. And yep. it's just going to be like 1995 cable all over again. So you want? do you think it's going to be a YouTube TV type situation? Because they have a lot of that mm-hmm. already kind of built in, or even Amazon Prime. I mean, right. Prime mm-hmm. is kind of building. They're, that's super smart with their whole ecosystem with Prime yep. where yes. you have your different channels already set up in there. So, yeah. Anyway, that's great. No, it's, I'm excited about it. It's hard because it's one of those things you see and you're like, well, I, I have to have mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's always like one show. Mm-hmm. You're like, I have to have this because of yes, one thing right. on here and I have to pay $7 or 15 a month. I mean, they're learning from HBO. Like, if you have oh, yeah. the one yeah. show, yeah, <laughs> you've got all the subscribers. True. <laughs> true. All right, Lauren, what are you obsessed with? Okay, so I have an interesting subscription that I accidentally got locked into a contract with, but... <laughs> I think it's interesting. <laughs> um, it's called Snack Crate. 
Um, Snack. Oh, yeah. So it's a subscription. You get a crate of your size of choosing um, once a month from a country around the world. And they surprise you. You don't get to choose it. So they surprised. So I got a crate that said, Guten Tag, Lauren. (laughs) So it was from Germany. Um, And it's savory and sweet snacks. And they have, like, information about the country, like stickers from the country. And then they'll have, like, a description of each snack in there so you can learn a little bit more about the country. Hmm. It's really cool. The savory snacks are always a a dice toss on there (laughs) because what they consider really Good might be a little bit more different from my taste here, mm-hmm. um, like bell pepper chips. I'm, I thought of you because oh, you yeah. like them. I love I love me some bell <laughs> and peppers and I hate them so much. <laughs> so um, it's been really interesting. The German box was really good. Uh, we got the one from Poland. It was not good. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> but I mean, can you think of Polish foods? Sausage, maybe, but they're not going to put a sausage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beef jerky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, there was yeah. some odd, odd, interesting things, huh. but I mean, different. I should say, yeah. I should say odd, but um, yes, I. They had this really cool special where you um, could get your first box for ninety nine cents free mm-hmm. shipping, and it's my fault. I let the thirty days expire, <laughs> and they locked me into a six month contract. Whoa! Oh, wow. <laughs> So we're gonna be enjoying snacks for six months. So a lot of Polish snacks. <laughs> Not yeah. Polish. We've done Poland, Germany. Okay. We'll see what happens next oh, month. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, and if you like something, you can go on the site and order more. It's yeah. Kind of, it's yeah. cool. It, the way they do it is really cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So I had several things kind of swirling in my mind this week because I've been doing some travel. I'll tell you this. So I hate airports, but I hate them as less than what I have in the past. Okay. Because of TSA pre-check. Mm. So. I have been proclaiming how awesome it is, mm-hmm. right, to everybody I meet, especially all my colleagues that we travel together. And so um, it, is, it was well worth the $85 for the next four years, literally walking because we're at, you know, northwest Arkansas, so X and A. So literally it was like 45 minutes before my flight, walk straight up. I was the first guy in line, walked straight through, didn't take anything off, and they scanned me, walked, and then pretty much boarded the plane in 20 minutes. Wow. It was amazing. That's so, incredible. Um, TSA PreCheck is amazing. Uh, but then also, I was at a conference, and the guy talked about his his daughter. He was, like, very excited for her to get her driver's license, and she was not excited at all, right? And she was like, uh, I'll go get it whenever I can. But decided, she said, for her birthday, instead of a car and stuff, or instead of, like, money towards a car, she wanted TSA PreCheck. Which was the most random thing. But wow. he was talking about that, like, and even Gary Vee t- kind of talks about, like, Uber, the, the society that we're living in, the kids growing up in this generation of, like, not wanting to get a car because they're already connected with their friends through social media mm-hmm. and different things like that. But then on top of that, it's like they're wanting that convenience of, like, quick travel, like wow. Uber rides. Like, that's that's what they want. So, anyway, it was very interesting that that was what she re- she wanted on It's like her. a convenience-based economy, basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, anyway. Very, very interesting stuff. So, um, all right. So, hey, like we always talk in, in these episodes, we'd love to know what you're obsessed with mm-hmm. this week because it's very interesting things. So, um, but thanks so much, Blake, for jumping on the podcast with yeah. us today. Uh, we're going to dive into email marketing. And so, Lauren, start us yeah. off with an email marketing quote. Because you always have so many good things. I don't have a you, good opening. Oh, you don't have a good sorry. opening. Quote. I'm sorry. Uh, but I do, I think when you delve into email marketing, there's a lot of misconceptions, especially like you see, like I was doing a little bit of prep for this episode and I found several of them which were saying, well, because of social media, you don't need email marketing anymore. Oh. Um, and, you know, you don't get the engagement levels and everything and, you know, 
Um, but I do have a quote that says otherwise, which I think then Blake can help us out, <laughs> which was from Forbes, okay. which said a whopping 59% of B2B marketers report that email marketing is their most effective channel for generating oh, yeah. revenue and marketers continue to find ways to innovate. Mm. So Blake, so people who say, I don't think email marketing works anymore. It's dead in the water. What would you say to that? Uh, I would say try it out first and see the results for yourself. Uh, it's one of the most trackable, um, easy to analyze, easy to see, immediate given results from like advertising mediums there are out there. It's also one of the ones where you can still express your brand uh, with more freedom and more creativity than a lot of other platforms. Uh, email is a way to end up in somebody's phone or on their desktop multiple times a week for little, little cost once you've made that first investment of acquiring their email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. 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 Yeah, it, I, th- I think it kind of goes in line with like Facebook ads, right? Mm-hmm. It, it works if you're doing it right. Sure. You know what yeah, I mean? So, I mean, you way. can you can waste a <laughs> yes. lot of time and spend a lot of money doing things that don't work, but if you can figure out how to do it actually, right? And I think people nowadays are looking for th- something very authentic, too. They're not just looking, like we talk about here, it's like giving value. You want to make sure that you're giving value up front before you're just jumping right into a sales sales pitch, right? So, um, but anyway, very excited to kind of jump into this. So, Lauren. Let's do it. Yeah. So if you're starting out with email marketing or you're a smaller business, um, you may be employing some really old techniques or you may have never had an email list. So what are some do's and don'ts for those starting out in the world of email yeah, marketing? Yeah. Uh, I think the best way to look at it is the biggest first don't that you hear often is don't go out and buy an email list. Yeah, it's very yeah, common. Yeah. It's very easy to go online and Google email list of people that fit XYZ profile. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, do not do that. Not only is that like highly illegal, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not quite sure if it's the federal level, but it is illegal. Yep. Uh, you're going to end up with trash email addresses that don't really matter to your brand. So that's the biggest first don't. The biggest first do, I would say, is to pick a modern email platform that's going to grow with you. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have particular platforms that you would recommend? Yeah, I'll give two. I'll give there's a there's a budget conscious one that is the most generic email platform you can get, uh, Mailchimp. Yep, everyone oh, uses it. Yeah. It is uh, like the the lowest bottom rung. If you're looking to get started and you don't want to spend much on it, but you want a good platform, Mailchimp is exactly what you need to be on. Uh, the step up from that, I would say, if you're willing to make an investment and you want a more advanced tool and you're not afraid of really getting your hands dirty, is Clavio. Oh, now I haven't worked with that yeah. one. Clavio is phenomenal when it comes to segmenting your audience, dividing your audience out into a ton of little groups, and then automating what that audience then gets over time. Yeah, that's awesome. You mentioned, maybe it's just in our personal conversations about Clavio. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of been one of those that you've really suggested Yes, yeah, past, consistently. So. Since 2014, probably, it's the email platform I will recommend to brands that uh, are willing to throw down a little bit of cash. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it gets expensive as you grow your list, mm-hmm. but as you're starting out, you're you're going to be paying less than a couple hundred dollars, and then eventually, over time, it's going to get to be a chunk. But if you're driving revenue through email, the results and the tools that Clavio give you are unparalleled. Oh, absolutely. One that I will throw in, in the ring, too, is uh, ConvertKit. Mm-hmm. So they're good for definitely for blog or for anybody who's in that kind of content-driven space as well. And I think they're kind of expanding even more, but that's where they started out with an actual email list for bloggers, and that's what they have uh, 
advertised in the past, but they make it easy to really get email capture forms, um, lead generation type stuff as well, and and just even on the back end being able to uh, kind of like with with Mailchimp, where it's just really it's user friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, you can build a lot of campaigns out. Um, they make it like I said very user friendly. So, but anyway. So for those that are shopping for an email platform, what are some features that they should definitely have to have? Yes. So one of the things you need to have is email capture built into the platform, segmentation, uh, and then hopefully some level of workflow automation that you can say, send these two emails after this period of time, that kind of thing. Now, uh, marketing automation is the biggest buzzword in existence right now, so you have to be very <laughs> careful. Don't go looking for marketing automation email platforms specifically, uh, unless you're in the e-com business and everything's driven off of like revenue base, because that's easy to track. Like Automating email for e-commerce makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can track dollars spent by how many times this thing has been sent out to my shoppers. If you're in the B2B space or if you're not in the e-com space, avoid a purely marketing automation focused choice. Hmm. That's good. That's good. All right. So putting it in the most basic of terms, you said Clavio and MailChimp. Yes. So what, if they don't know anything about email marketing, okay. what are the differences between the two? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mailchimp, Mailchimp is Duplo Blocks. Okay. Clavio would be Lego. Okay, that, that's a good oh, way to put it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Because I mean, all of them look so fancy mm-hmm. and say you have to have this sure, to be yeah. able to do your business, but it's not always true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I've definitely worked with Mailchimp. I've never had the privilege of working with Clavio. Yep. I've worked with, a, I think it's FusionSoft, which is now called mm-hmm. Keep. But yeah, so I did not know they changed your name. Yeah, but they haven't really. They're doing it really uh, slow. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, okay, so they've got their platform. Yes. So what's the next step for them? Okay, the next step is setting up your email capture on your website. So now that you have your email platform, you need a way to get emails and build that list. Whether that's a pop up or an embedded form that has some sort of benefit or an ask from your brand, you need one of those two things. Okay. And Brian, we've kind of talked with some of our our clients on what's a good way to entice those people to click that button. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you, for one, have to know your audience, right? right? And so uh, what are the pain points that they have? What are things that that they're already looking for? Um, So I know Blake deals a lot in the e-commerce space, and Obviously, you can get uh, you know your quick sale type stuff. Obviously, your discounts through those those lead magnets. But I think I think a lot of it just goes back to what are they looking for in that moment. So if you're doing a specific campaign or something for us, it is driving maybe a podcast episode. So in this podcast episode or whatever, if we have a, a resource or a link, mm-hmm. that would be one of those or or a, some type of guide or ebook or something like that. That would be a pain point that we know. Hey, if you're watching this, you have this pain point because you've, you're already engaging with the content. Here's just another free resource to be able to download yep. so or if you're like say for example if you're a doctor's office there's enter your email to schedule an appointment or mm-hmm. enter your email to learn more about this procedure or this benefit or get a discount that kind of thing so it works across uh all types of businesses not just people who are wanting to to sell something or yeah. like right on the site sure sure okay so what, you know, we've got our emails and what strategies should you be employing in 2019? Because I think we've talked 
where the misconception is that email marketing is dead, and it's because a lot of people are employing strategies that no longer work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Um, so now it's 2019, soon to be 2020. What strategies should you be employing? Yeah. Can I talk a little bit first on like what strategies you should not be doing? Yes, oh, please. please. <laughs> okay. So the first one would be like a daily newsletter sum up that you're just blasting the person's inbox every single day. Oh, gosh. That is is (laughs) as old school email marketing as it gets, and everyone's going to unsubscribe, even with valuable content. The second one that I'm going to say that might be a little controversial is if you don't have anything to say, don't do a weekly newsletter. Only contact your audience when you have something important enough to say. You want to get in their inbox at least once a month. You want to get in their inbox maybe twice a month. Especially if you have new content, try to get in their inbox maybe a little bit more frequently than that. Don't try to hit them up four, five, six times a week. Yeah. Avoid that like the plague. Uh, the one thing I will say, the only excuse you have to contact your uh, customer a lot would be at the very beginning. When they first sign up, you need a welcome series yes. that introduces yes. your brand. That's a drip of maybe three or four emails over five or six days. So five or six days. So that's, I mean, that's quite a bit yes. right up front. But that's also getting to know you mm-hmm. and building that connection. Exactly. So. Uh, can we go down that path a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Time? Like, you want me to, like, make up a fake welcome series? Let's do series? it. Okay, Let's do it. <laughs> fake welcome series time. So the first one, you're going to want to introduce your brand from a very high level. Make sure you've got big images in there. Make sure you've got your logo, your typography. Introduce what you guys are about. The second one, you're going to want to talk about the services that you offer and what makes them different from everybody else's. By the third one, you've earned enough trust mm-hmm. and a relationship with that customer to offer them like some sort of offer or have a call to action in there. Now, one thing you need to watch out for is make sure that your email platform has the tools to say, if somebody hasn't opened email one and email two, don't send them email three. You haven't won that right that to, to ask them to do something for you yet. True. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic because um, even on that back end too, if I'm if I haven't seen your first and second email and then I go and you're like trying to sell me on yep. something already, that's going to be immediate. Quit. Yes, so. watch for opens and clicks, especially like if your first two emails are getting opens but no clicks, you need to iterate and start testing those emails and get people to interact and click with them. Nice. So, how often are you saying that? Like, let's go through this this email even a little bit further. Okay. So, let's say that they're not opening the first one. Are you guys changing around the content? Changing around the tagline? changing around whatever that is to yeah. kind of help with engaging with that. So customer. email email A-B testing is interesting. And what you test highly depends on like what metric you're seeing is broken. So if your open rate is broken, broken, don't look at content inside of your email at all. Look at your subject line. The mm-hmm. only thing you should be yeah. testing if you're seeing a low, uh, like low open rate is just your subject. Legitimately, if you're touching your content, you're doing a harm to yourself because that content you had originally could have been the best performing content of all time. Yeah. But you're never going to know if your subject line is like a snooze fest. Yeah. Yeah. Other thing I'd say emojis in newsletters, if it fits your brand and fits in your subject line, drop them in there. We see probably a five to 10% jump in subject lines that involve clever fitting emoji. Don't just drop a smiley face or the (laughs) face with sunglasses. But if you're talking about like, uh, getting winter flu shots, or if you're talking about like a tropic vacation, put a palm tree in there, put a needle in there. It's going to work, yeah, and people yeah. are going to see that you're trying to be fun and play around with email marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Because even in that email, in your inbox, you'll actually stick out even mm-hmm. more. Obviously, with those emojis, and we talked about that actually in a previous episode with our about Facebook Live. It's like in that description, put some type of emoji that that's connecting to what you're going to be talking about in your Facebook Live, because a lot of times that's going to stick out when people are scrolling through the feed and you want to stop the feed. Same with the inbox. You want to stop the scroll in the inbox, too. There was a a marketer that I subscribed to. I forget his name. 
uh, but he had a an email that ended up in my inter- inbox that had like ransom note style letters oh, using yeah. the emoji, yeah. and I would love to see the open rate on that. Yeah, because I guarantee people clicked on it all the time. Like it had like the E and the O, and it said something out yeah. of emoji letters, and it just looked so cool, and it really stood out in my inbox. So of course it's going to get an open. That's awesome. Yeah, and that kind of brings me back to it's like talk about the don'ts, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're not, and I hate these the reply. Yep. You know what I mean? Re, it's like, re, re, forward, yeah, forward. Where you're looking at it and it, it makes you think that it's somebody that you should be engaging with or oh replying to an email. And it, honestly, I mean, it's kind of the same thing where it's the bait and switch. So I get into the email. I don't even want to read it because then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yeah, I understand, too. This is somebody that I have no idea who they are. And they're just trying to get me to open their email. Yeah. And it just makes me mad. So, so <laughs> with the welcome series, for those that are just getting into email marketing, the goal is is that they would work their way through the welcome mm-hmm. series, and then at the end, the they would go into your regular or segmented list. Right. Correct. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Because uh, I think a lot of people get like that's it. That's that's all I do. And it's like <laughs> no, no. It's it's supposed to be designed so that they go into a segmented list. Now, with you creating a welcome series, is if they don't make it through, do they still go to your regular list? They do not. Oh, no, you should you keep go. them out of your main contact list. Put them into a segment called cool customers, mm. uh, and sit on top of that. Maybe email that one once a quarter. There you go. With the same okay. content, yeah. and then if they graduate out of that cool customers list, then they can start receiving emails in a regular kind of cadence. But the last thing on earth you want to do is be sending 30,000 emails every single time and you get 500 opens. Yeah. That's when your list is dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, because a lot of people go back and it's the vanity metrics, right? Like, well, we have 6,000, we have 50,000 people on our email list. You talk about actual open rates, right? Mm-hmm. And scrubbing that email list because you want to be engaging with the people who want to hear from you because what's the point if they're not, right? right? I think that's great. I, I love the once a quarter thing. That's not mm-hmm. something we've talked about. So that's that's awesome. So. I'll talk about a controversial trip tip okay. right here. This yeah. uh, this may get me in hot water. Please come, <laughs> come fight me on Twitter if you, if you don't like this. But one thing that I recommend brands do with their Instagram lists or their uh, email lists is whenever you have your list of unsubscribes, maybe twice a year, clean those out and delete those unsubscribes from your email system. Because what most modern systems do, uh, MailChimp, Klaviyo, others, whenever that person has unsubscribed, if they retype their email in an email capture, they stay in that unsubscribe list. Hmm. I disagree strongly with that. If you unsubscribe from my list and then you re-enter your email to get a coupon or something else, you're fair game for my email again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I like to scrub those out and let you come back into my email fold, wow. especially if you've already said, no, I don't want anything, but I'm going to type in here and get a 15% off coupon every once in a while. Like, yeah. No, your email is mine. At that <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's I mean, it good. seems fair to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You're opting back in, so... I don't know. Okay. Um, so we've talked a little bit about the don'ts. Um, so talking about what strategy should you be employing in 2019? Um, I know that I saw a few from Campaign Monitor was suggesting some fun ones that they had seen, like which I thought I've actually gotten them before too, which might make me sound a little weird. But Nintendo was doing some really creative ones um, with their micro-segmentation of kind of, it's, it seems seamless, but it's mm-hmm. it's not if you know anything about email marketing. Um, but they were also talking about um, actually putting your social media feeds within their emails. Mm-hmm. They were also talking about gamification, which I thought was really interesting, yeah. which I thought, oh, I've never seen that. Then I thought I spun a wheel the other day <laughs> <That's> <laughs> for a coupon. Um, so what are some things that people can be doing in 2019? Yeah, dynamic content within your emails is crucial. Uh, something that Clavio offers the ability to do. 
Um, I'm not 100% certain if MailChimp has gotten there yet. But with Klaviyo, for example, you can take dynamic content from events on your website. So you can say, I am certain that this person looked at this particular blog post. Mm -hmm. And then you can craft an automated sequence or a once a week uh, news blast that has that dynamic content that they looked at in there. So if you know somebody has been looking at a particular service or at a particular product, you can send them content that is like laser focused on what they've been looking at and avoid just like the general shotgun blast of, hey, we're running this promotion on this service. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're producing a lot of content, I'll say this start to build your segments around the concepts of your content rather than specific posts. Uh, because there are several blogs that I follow that I'll get an automated newsletter that's like, you've read X number of articles in this category. Here's some other stuff along those lines. And it's gotten good over time. Like it's particularly yeah. honed in to what I want to read from these brands. So if you're writing more than one or two blog posts a week and you can categorize your posts, start to build segments around people that are interested in those wide concepts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, that's content. what we're seeing with Instagram, TikTok, all of those. I mean, they're they're trying to curate a feed for you. Yep. So, I mean, why why shouldn't we be doing well, that? Well, it's the thing? follow a hashtag concept mm-hmm. in, in Instagram. Like yeah. do the same thing with your content. Organize your stuff into categories and then promote those categories. You have a much bigger uh, catalog and library to pull from rather than you're saying, oh, I want to talk to all the people that viewed this post. Yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about, you know, doing all the tags and different series and automation and everything, um, it can be really overwhelming Mm -hmm. for someone starting out, almost like a full-time job to get all that stuff done. So you're a young business, you're starting it out. You said the first thing is the welcome series. Okay, so say they've got their welcome series okay. done. What would be your next step? What suggestion for them? The next thing I would say to look at is figure out how you can start segmenting that audience out. Okay. Look at the people who opened your welcome series, look at the people who didn't, and start to build out like hot customers, cold customers, lukewarm customers. Mm. And then from there, you can start to decide and look at the profiles of those people. What are they looking at? What are they interested in? How can I shape the next time I send an email to what these people are interested in? Um, I know that the old term is like seven times yep. that you have to be in front of them before they will actually buy from you or become a, or even jump into your funnel. Yeah, I mean, I would say your marketing points of contact don't get excessive until you're out beyond 18 points of contact. Wow. Like at that point, maybe that person actually is dead, but like (laughs) 18 points of contact is not too many. Um, Now that's spread out over time and over mediums, whether it be email, social media, in person, but 18 and beyond is not unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So one question that we sometimes get um, from different clients is what is a good open rate? Just yeah, a real basic question. It is very, yeah. very highly variable okay. uh, depending on the type of audience that you're sending to. I get excited uh, when I'm working with e-commerce brands. If I'm sending to a list of uh, a couple dozen thousand people, um, I would get excited at an email open rate above 14 to 15%. That okay. would get me hyped. Yeah. Uh, below 11% will get me frustrated. Single digits is always frustrating. Yeah. Now you can taper that out what really matters is the click-through rate Mm -hmm. open rate is a vanity metric uh because a lot of times people have auto openers or they'll have the browser open on their phone or they'll be scrolling through and accidentally tap it clicking is much more intentional Mm -hmm. uh if your click rates are in the double digits you're doing pretty good for yourself Nice, nice. That's awesome. Um, so we've kind of gone through this, Blake. Um, what anything that you would add, um, basically for anybody who's kind of starting this out? What What are some some def, definitely 
they have to do these things yeah. kind of finalized. Test your emails. Never be happy with the status quo of what you're sending. Always be testing and optimizing to the times of day that you're sending, your mm-hmm. subject lines, what lists you're sending to, the content of the emails, your font choices, your brand colors, your imagery. Always be testing and never be happy with like your local maximum. Don't be afraid to go something radically different and see how it performs against a smaller subset of your list. Yeah. Yeah. One, one example I've seen of that in the past is actually just going from, you know, graphics and different things like that to just straight text. Yep. And actually seeing, I mean, it depends on your audience, but sometimes those are more engaging. Like, I don't want to have to hit load all images mm-hmm. if I'm using Apple, their native email client. You know what I mean? And so it's one of those things that if I can just read it all in text and there's not a bunch of yep. blocks and different things like that, I mean, sometimes that is more engaging. We call that our letter from the CEO. And ah, usually that's like, yeah. that's in at the after a welcome series. That's a good one to send. Mm-hmm. But it's the all text, no links, plain email that looks like it came from the office of the CEO and they perform well from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy that. So I have a question with some of the platforms I've been using, they now have the feature, the best time button. Mm -hmm. Do you trust that or do you do it your own? Uh, Not for your first couple of emails that you sent. (laughs) Do do it on your own and then start to learn and let the platform kind of use the data you've provided as the best time. Otherwise it's going to use the best time for all their customers, Mm -hmm. which aren't your customers. Yeah. Uh same. Uh, I'm learning something. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, if you're if you're a local, small, medium sized business, and you are really trying to drive that traffic, I mean, understanding. So we have we have a client that deals a lot with young mothers, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's that's as as weird as it is. There's a lot of times where they're sitting in line at school, mm-hmm. right? And so they're waiting to pick up their kids, and so that might be the best time mm-hmm. to like boom hit their inbox. If you yep. know from you know two o'clock to three o'clock, they're going to be sitting in their car watching YouTube or Facebook mm-hmm. or whatever. So really, like try like Blake was saying, test that out. Try to figure out when your what your audience is actually doing, and know exactly what's going on in their lives, um, because that's obviously going to help instead of always just trusting the system to yep. kind of tell you. So do a little bit of legwork on the back end. It's definitely worth it. So, all right, Blake. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for uh, for letting us jump yeah, in your office space. Yeah, I love dropping some email and, knowledge. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know, and we appreciate it so much. So uh, you're in the three-timers club, man. This Perfect. Great. Good. This is great. Good. So make sure you guys uh, check out all the show notes and everything else at GoRogueX.com. We'll make sure to have all that there for you. I say that. Lauren will make sure. Mm-hmm. She's, She's, on top of there. She's on top <laughs> of it. So, um, all right. Well, hey, we'll see you guys next week. So here is our rapid fire questions. Okay, what fictional family would you be a member of, Ryan? Oh goodness, uh, fictional family. Uh, <laughs> rapid, uh, rapid, rapid, fire. rapid, rapid, rapid. Jetsons. Okay. Yeah. Skywalkers. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. They kind of have a troubled past, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, we'll see. <laughs> a lot of drama in that family. <laughs> I couldn't think of a good one. I've actually really thought about this question. I cannot think of a good. You one. can't back out. Rapid, go, go, go. <laughs> okay, I, maybe because they're just so crazy. The Modern Family family. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, do love, I do love the Modern Family yeah, Family. That's good. Fun. Okay. Okay. All right. Second rapid, rapid question. Yes. 
say you're independently wealthy and don't have to work, so you can't create five more businesses, Brian. What would you do with your time? Barista. Nice. Ah, okay. I've, I've thought about that multiple times. There you yeah. go. There you go. Uh, I probably, I, I would want to travel a ton. Like, yeah. hardly have a permanent real-time residence. Yeah. Just go from, like, historical oh. area to historical area nice. and just travel around and, and see the entire world. Yeah. So I'd actually be the same. I follow like the bucket list family mm-hmm. and I think what they do is so cool that they travel with their kids yeah. and like they're like on in the world like teaching them all about the things there. And they I want that one. Sorry, you're <laughs> doing another did, job I'm of like, a reason. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a medium caramel macchiato, please. <laughs> We're enjoying the world while you're serving. <laughs> I'm coffee. Like, well, you know, it would be at Onyx. It would be like at a Starbucks. Sure. It would be like hanging out with yeah, John. And, yeah. Awesome. Good questions, Lauren. Thank you. Those were good questions. Griffin, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. 